Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. <laughs> And welcome everybody. We're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. Grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Put that finger down. Probably in Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are at. And what are we? This is the Man Up podcast spiritual oasis for men we're not pastors we're just regular guys but you know what in this climate that we're at today we get to talk about stuff you typically do not get to talk about and you men of faith out there i'm sure it's a it's a lonely journey but not when you come with the man up group this is our 102nd podcast hard to believe and we're glad that you've been here as many as you have been able to download. They are archived on SoundCloud. Of course, you can get us on iTunes. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up. And you know, typically, men's ministry stuff is service-oriented, whereas the Man Up podcast is based on the Adult Bible Fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church, we feel that men just don't get fed enough. They come in for an hour, get to be men, get to look at a scripture, get to apply it to their lives, and get to dissect it a little bit, talk about it, and then go out and be leaders of their circle of influence. But I'm going to just veer away from that for just a moment and talk about some awesome men that did do a great service event here at Sugarland Baptist Church. We had a backyard barbecue, and there's nothing like the men stepping up and barbecuing some brisket and some pig. And I'm going to go ahead and just give a clap, hand clap to the fellows. We have a couple of them here, and I'm sure they'll go ahead and they'll embellish on that too. <clears throat> we are in... Uh, which ones were they? Which one? Well, I'm not going to take any credit for it. It was obviously it was Dean Kyle, it was Professor Koshu. That's right. Uh, that were in on it. But uh, we're in the Connect 360 Truth and Grace, and this is John, John 21, and this is our lesson 13 from this. And <clears throat> we have a great panel here, and I want to go ahead and I'm going to introduce them real quick, but. Also, understand that men, come from, you're shaped a lot of times by your occupation. And so that's why not only do I bring up what these guys do, but also what their hobbies are. So it might give you a little more insight on someone that you might think is a little bit more of what you are about, too. And like I started out earlier... He is originally from Louisiana. No. He's a resident coonass, uh, but he's our uh, class deacon, Kyle Trahan. Yay. <coughs> yeah. 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 Right. Such enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right, right. I heard, I heard everybody gave him that one-handed clap. <laughs> and he's an attorney. He's from Heights, Texas, which is essentially Houston. Yeah. He's also a prosecutor. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Useless trivia. I'm from the Heights as well. Are you really? I was born in the Heights. And then got out as soon as you could to Louisiana. I was stolen away by the parents. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was against my will. Against my will. I was <laughs> kicking and screaming till they gave me the bottle. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And this dude is from Galena Park, so he made it all the way to the other side of Houston. And uh, he's a world-class trainer. We call him the professor. That's Robert Koshu is here. Hey. And now the long-distance guy. I think he's, uh, it's like, what, New York? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. Get out of here. You ever wondered about somebody like that? Well, wonder no more, because he's right here. He's a world-class 
policy writer, as well as a little bit of a professional poker player. I'm talking about Mr. Steve Titch. My name is Bill Cox, and uh, originally I'm from Michigan. I'm just a sales guy, kind of a writer and actor, and uh, I was a pig farmer. So, so boy, was that a luxurious upbringing. So, <laughs> uh, so, and we're glad you're here. And I want to go ahead, and because this is men, a lot of times men just want to know the summary. And be, but before we get into it, we'll go around the room. Let each of the panelists here. Talk about the lesson a little bit, then we'll read the scripture, and then we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. Going to go ahead and start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. I've heard this uh, section of scripture preached on. I think the preacher at the time titled it, Gone Fishing. And uh, I think there's a lot in it for men. Uh, there's the fit, there's, there's what do you do when you're dealing with a... Uh, a major crisis or a major uh, development in your life that's confusing the heck out of you. Uh, and also the whole idea of getting closure and resolution, which is something many people don't have a chance to do, and Peter gets it here. Oh, excellent. Professor? I, I always find this to be an interesting callback. Um, one of the very first stories we have with Peter and the disciples is Jesus telling them, they're in, they're in his boat, and they kind of push the boat out a little bit. Jesus teaches, and he says, go out and fish. And Peter, being Peter, looks at Jesus and says, and I always view this as rather sarcastically at this moment, because he really didn't know who Jesus did yet. He goes, we fished all night and didn't catch anything, but because you said so, we'll go out here and cast our nets. I always view this as very sarcastic. And their nets basically break. Right, right. <laughs> and this brings it back full circle. Right. Jesus tells him again, go out and fish. Excellent. And you don't get it. So. Judge. Yes, it's a continuation of the Easter story. Uh, we've looked at that for the last three weeks, three podcasts. The first one, the last one, or the third one back being uh, uh, Jesus before Pilate and the condemnation, the ridicule he went through, and then being crucified on the cross. Then last week being uh, the apostles came, um, first of all, Mary came to the uh, the sepulcher and the tomb where he was uh, right after he had risen from the dead. And then uh, two of the disciples came to the, um, came to the sepulcher also, the tomb, which was Peter and John. And interesting, you bring up Peter, Robert, because uh, they all went to the tomb and Peter and John looked in, decided Jesus was not there, and left. Impatient Peter, this is why I see it, I'm not sure about John, but impatient Peter, had they stayed a little longer, they would have seen Jesus. But he came to see Mary. Mary came back afterward, after she went and got him. Had they been patient and waited a little longer, they would have seen Jesus, because Mary saw Jesus. Um, so, interesting you mentioned that about Peter. Peter is very quick to do things, and we'll, we'll look at that more through the scripture when you read them. Uh, he's quick to jump, he's quick to uh, make comments, he's make, quick to make statements, but I, I, I look at this whole section of scripture as myself in a way, uh, because it is a restor restoration of Peter, but I think I go through restoration with Jesus daily when I've sinned and I ask him for forgiveness. Excellent. Deacon Kyle, the only one with the tie on today, <laughs> looking sharp. That's the way I always dress nowadays. That's right. Um, you know, so they're they're hanging out there by the sea. This has got to be kind of a crazy time. I mean, so not long ago, you know, you were hanging out with Jesus and perform. You know, there he was performing miracles and all of this. You have Palm Sunday and the triumphant entry into the city. And then it all comes crashing down. Then he's crucified, resurrected, and you're supposed to be out waiting for him. And so you're just sitting there hanging out. And I, I, I like Mike said, I put myself in their shoes and it, I'm tired of waiting. I, I don't know how to just sit around and not do most of the time. I mean, I, well, I, you're a doer. I can. Mm -hmm. yeah, but absolutely. when we went to the, the Mexico mission trip, the day we got there, 
you know, they're, oh, well, we're going to the store. And they're going to load up with produce and whatnot. And it's, who all wants to go? And most everybody went. I was there to work. We started welding right away, you know. And so I would have been that guy. Hey, let's go fishing. You know, because that's what he knew to do. Um, so, I don't know. And we'll get into the rest. <clears throat> Before I read the scripture, I just want to throw in uh, my two cents worth. And the thing about it is, and I totally identify with this story too, how often do you take a class or have an interest of something that you really think that you want to do, and you go all the way through it, and then you don't apply it? <laughs> it's like you... Mm-hmm. you You've done everything necessary. You got all the prerequisites, and then you just never engage. And I can't tell you how many times that's been me. And so when I see the story, I understand it, and I understand what the restoration means to Peter. So, uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and uh, read the um, the scripture, and we're in John twenty one. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not that far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw fire burning coals there were there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you had just brought. So Simon Peter climbed back in the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net had not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter saw, turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say they would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Peter has not accepted his assignment yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First thing he does, he says, 
you gave me all this work to do. What about you? <laughs> right, right, right. It's so common. It's just none of your business. <laughs> right. It's 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 and it's very typical, Peter. Right. It's first to jump out out of the, out of the boat in the water. First to run and get the fish when he needs fish. Right. First mm-hmm. one to say. Why me? <laughs> Couldn't John be get some of my assignment too? So uh, it's uh, and and he's the key of the story, as you guys mentioned. We mentioned uh, that in fact Jesus is is pointing his hand at him, saying, "Peter, do you really love me?" And and here the, the author and and we all believe that he's giving the opportunity to restore his his identity with Christ because he denied him three times, right? And I think that's why he asked him three mm-hmm. times. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there were parallels there. The Again, yes. we're around a charcoal fire. The yes, way we were that's right. in, on, on the Thursday he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's totally about that and and totally about Peter. And, and Peter does a tough thing here because... He goes, I mean, he goes to Jesus. He knows there's been a bit of a breach there. I mean, he did, he, he did, it, he did that denial very publicly. Jesus saw, heard him and saw him, looked at him. Um, he certainly was remorseful about it, Peter was. But he's got to repair that. And he goes, and, and Jesus is very gracious because he doesn't sit there, <laughs> doesn't sit there waiting for him to bring right. it up. He kind of coaxes it out of it and says, yeah. "Peter, do you love me?" And which again is an is kind of again a picture of the relationship we have. God is not going to be, you know, sitting there waiting with you with a crown on his face. You come back to him; he will initiate it. Even he will. He again, Jesus. Jesus meets Peter where he is. We've talked about it. Um, Peter comes to him, true, and but but Jesus basically lets you know gives him the opening there to to speak his mind. Well, they, they do a cookout. Yeah, cookout. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They go and, and they do a cookout and they have fish <laughs> and they talk and they fellowship, and that's something his guys we don't get a lot of. You know, where we in, in today's society it used to be. You know, preparing meals was a undertaking and and a communal thing. Yeah. And anymore, I mean, I had supper through Burger King today on the way here. You know, coming from my office, and it's it's just not something that communally occurs that often anymore. Even where you sit and eat together, you know, the statistics of families that everybody's eating at their own time and their own schedule anymore is even crazier. And so it's it's bringing us back to a core element of community where we're called as Christians to really be as a group, to sit and talk and be around each other and be with each other as a part of that. And and you know, even Absolutely. even so yeah. it's 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 like an after work thing. I mean, yeah. they, they were, they, this was, they, they had spent all night fishing, which was right. their job. That's, that's what they did. They went you back know, to their jobs. And, and they went back to, and, and, you know, there's Jesus making breakfast for them. And yeah, it's exactly, you look at it that way. There's something very informal and relaxed about this story. The tension of the upper room isn't there. Because maybe because the disciples are back where they live. They're in familiar surroundings. Right. This, is, this is back at the, at the Sea of Galilee. Uh, very near where, where 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 they lived, and so you're so there's there's something very relaxed about this. We don't know what they talked about, but we can imagine you know them, you know, like men would after work knocking back a few, and <laughs> it's, it's so relaxed. And, and oh, yeah, God. it's so relaxed, like you said. I miss the miracle right <laughs> off, and I've heard this story all my yeah. life. Throw your net on the other side of the boat, just just like that. You and I talking. Jesus says, you guys catch anything? No, throw you throw you down the other side. And they here's a miracle and a sign for him, just as if he's there doing his 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 ministry that he had been assigned to the Heavenly Father. But they also listened to somebody that they didn't recognize. I mean they didn't recognize him yeah. at that point. 
Yeah. Throw your net yeah. on the other side. What's this you fool? No. We've <laughs> yeah. been doing this all night. Say Come what? On. Say what? And they did it. So, you know, sometimes we have to listen to those outside voices. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. What struck me about this was the fullness of the restoration. How many people do you know that when they've messed up, the person will go, well, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. That's not full restoration. Right. Whereas with Peter, and, he, and, he, and this is a subtle thing, do you love me more than these? And then he goes, <clears throat> then the next one is feed my lambs. And then the next is feed my sheep. As if he's elevating to being the head shepherd. Yeah. Okay? You're not in the nursery anymore. You're going to be feeding the sheep. You're going to be the shepherd of this. So in a way, it to me, that's a full restoration of Peter and his and acknowledgement of his position and where he needs to be to be in the church. And there's also, if we go look back at the denial, um, what sets that up is during the Last Supper, Peter... Jesus, Peter says, "I will, you know, I'm ready to die for you." To Jesus, right? And that's when Jesus says, <laughs> kind of yeah. shakes his head and said, "No, you're going to deny me three times before dawn." Um, in this, in this, Jesus communicates to Peter that he will have the courage to die for his faith. He says, "He says you will be led." I mean, they, 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 this was written mm-hmm. after after Peter's martyrdom. So and that traditionally he was crucified allegedly upside, upside down. down. So John, I mean, John is writing this after Peter had died. So um, yeah, Peter dies around AD sixty four. I was mm-hmm. actually yeah. trying to find yeah. it during right. the Nero uh, persecution. And mm-hmm. so so uh, he, so at the same time, there's the restoration, but then this, the leadership, and then saying yes, Peter. Not only that, the next time this happens, you will not deny me. You will have the courage. To, you know, to 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 lead you God. where you do not want to, to go. go, and so that can be also uh, you can read that in different ways. That could be Peter's right. death, but it could also be a message that sometimes you're going to be pushed out of your comfort zone right. by the Lord. Right. Jesus again serves the disciples when he's waiting on the shore. He's already mm-hmm. fixed him some <laughs> some fish, and he's fixed him some bread. And it says he's the one that served. Him. He says, "Come eat, come eat bread." Then he took the bread and broke it, and he took the fish and served it to him again as a master. Like he told them, he says, in the upper room before he died, he said, I want you to serve your brothers and your sister, brothers, sisters, right. whatever, everyone, as if it were me. You're not above them. You are to lower yourself to their level. And right. as Kyle and I can attest to, getting the fire to the right place <laughs> and when you're grilling and cooking is probably the hardest part of everything. Yeah. And oh, Jesus right. took care of that. You know, as yes, you're saying, he, he, he put that, he, he served again. Again. And he's already died and rest from the day. He didn't have to do anything. But instead, he's his, his usual humble self. Well, and not only that, but he didn't do it with a miracle. Yeah. He did it by right. physically serving. That's mm-hmm. true. And so by physically serving, yeah. he's giving them another example of service. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break. Uh, this is Man Up Podcast, podcast number 102. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 102. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. Trying to deepen our faith. This is a spiritual oasis for men. We hope that you get enriched by this podcast as we dive deeper into scripture and then just try to bring applications that 
that really are man type. And like I alluded to in the in the opening, so much of this and is designed after the Adult Bible Fellowship men's only Sunday school class, but important part of male men Christian leadership is service. And that's what Jesus did. He was he was serving. He was serving uh, Peter and Thomas and <clears throat> the fishermen, and just like you guys did when you were doing the uh, the barbecue. Yeah, where was the fish me? anyway? Yeah, it was no fish. No right. fish. We had three different meats. <laughs> Come on. Right. And and I just want to point out that that so we did a little competition. We had team brisket and team hog. Right. And Kyle played both sides. Uh, <laughs> he was a fat brisket. Yeah. Cook came over and cooked brisket with me, and then cooked hog all day with John, with Corey, yeah. and John. So. Uh, which both were amazing, by the way, but I did want to put that out there. And I, I want to encourage, you know, our listeners, I talked a little bit about service on a, I put a blog post out, to, yes, last night on our website, www.manupspiritualoasis.com. And it's a new blog post, and it actually talks about service mm-hmm. as a part of it. A little story about, uh, I put the, a picture that our pastor, that Pastor Davey took of me and my son at the barbecue and talked about a very unique apron that I had on at, at our barbecue here. So encourage our listeners to go hit our website up. You can find all of our podcasts, links to our Facebook page and our Twitter account as well. And if you don't have a computer and don't know what the internet is, I'll just tell you, it was the coolest apron. It was his dad's yeah. apron from... If they don't know what the internet is, they're probably not listening to this podcast. So they might have an iPhone. Come on now. Well, then they got the internet. <laughs> they got the internet. That's yeah. It, it was my dad's apron. Um, he had wore it for around thirty years, barbecuing at his church. Right. And Whoa. so mine looked a little different than everybody else's because I wanted to wear that. I, I so, got a question. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. So why did he wrap his outer clothing around him and jump into the water? I mean, I get that he's out there working, he's taking off his shirt, he's wearing the white undershirt, you know, to put it in today's terms. And he, oh God, it's the Lord. And he jumps in, he's all excited, but he stops and wraps it around himself. I think he's wearing a loincloth. I, I, people speculated he's out there on the water fishing. Um, naked. His underwear, naked. His underwear, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's more or less like um, respect, bathing. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, he got to be had to be decent. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so I think I think that's that's the that's the way. Some the, the I think it's funny. Thing. He jumps in the water and swims and leaves everybody else to mess yes. with the fish. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You, uh, no, that's Cause, cause yeah. like, he, you, like he said, that's, like, that's so Peter. You that's had Peter. to haul it in. I, I was ruining this. This this was um, pretty hard work, and and I. I I hope you have it, Robert. I sent you some pictures. Um, you would keep because because they had no ice, no refrigeration. When they caught the fish, they they kept it in the net and they rowed it back. They were lucky if they had the wind; they might get some wind aided on sail. But generally, they needed manpower. And when they got to shore, they had to haul that boat in with the net. And my understanding is they had something of a retaining pool or that would that would keep the fish alive and fresh right. until you know it was time to sell it. Uh, but it was probably bought, sold, and eaten that day by the by their customers, by the people in the town. By the, oh, that makes perfect sense. Um, but it was, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So he jumps in. Yeah, those guys are probably rowing pretty hard. And he, um, he realizes his mistake. Do you mm-hmm. notice that? Because and he always did this with Christ. Christ says, "You're going to deny me three times," and he does it, not thinking. And then afterward, he realizes his mistake, and he and he runs and hides and mm-hmm. cries or whatever he does, mm-hmm. uh, feverishly. And here it says, Jesus said. Bring me some fish, and he's the first to jump. Yes. Hey, oh, I left them there to bring in the fish, and so he's he's a little bit apologetic, mm-hmm. and so he's the first one to go get the fish. In fact, it says he pulled the whole net in by wow. himself. <laughs> yeah. So, so he did. Yes. Uh, he figured it out again <laughs> after jumping in the water and leaving them all in work. He says, "Oh, I kind of left them alone." <laughs> <laughs> right. He went up there and gets the net too. I got sidetracked. Well, yeah. and, and it, it, yeah, exactly. 
the three-time restoration, the comments about his death, where he was crucified, and then the comments about John, um, the, the little throwout line that Jesus makes about if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? I always found that to be a very interesting line. You know, that, that it, it, why are you worried about that? And, and I think some of that speaks to us as men because we tend to worry about what's going on with the other person. What's out of our universe? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we have to learn, part of what we have to do as men is learn that there's a lot we don't control. There's a lot that maybe we can have influence over it, but the bottom line reality of it is we don't control it. <laughs> Fair amount of stuff is none of my business. And, and that's the end, or the other part too. And I can tell you this, a, main, a, a, a big difference between men and women, my yeah. wife and I, my wife loves to watch TV news. Okay? Me, I'm a reader. I read mine. I pick what's interesting to me. I don't wait through the commercials and the teaser to hear what I'm going to be spoon-fed. Okay? I, I un, there, there's, certain, there's certain things that I care about mm-hmm. and certain things that will affect my universe, universe and the rest of it is minutia. Not, you know? Gum, nothing to me. Menudo, Menudo. <laughs> ah, what a what a great band until they until they turn fifteen. <laughs> I would, it, it comment. Otherwise, I gotta change the subject just for a moment, and, and it's sort of with Jesus. But uh, my my question, to y'all, is you remember he's done so many miracles, and we saw him do miracles, and whether it's raising somebody from the dead or feeding the five thousand, uh, or raising Lazarus from the dead too. Um, does was the power inside of Jesus along, or does he open the water faucet from God? You guys, have you ever thought about that? I'm just, I was driving over here and I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, when he opens, and that we know it's with anointing, right? We looked right. at that in the Old Testament and Acts and everything like that. But when he spoke a healing, did he open the faucet from God, or was it actually in him? Just a thought, because I was going back through this. For instance, the fish on the other side. Y'all know he commanded the fish to come there. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, no it, it, you have to stop no and think about that and think about what he does in these miracles or the water into wine. Right? Mm-hmm. But you never see the power. You never hear it occur. It just occurs. So is the power to him just say, okay. Does he, does he, I guess the other thing is, is it on demand for him? Yes. You know, it's not a matter of turning the faucet, it's, it's more flipping a switch. Right. Yeah. I think, I think he, he sees what is going to further the cause. And sometimes you have to push the special button to further the cause. Prime example, the woman that lifts up a car to get it off of a child. Yeah. Okay? Who, 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 with supernatural strength. It's the effect, you know, and that's, that's why I think Jesus... You know, because normally he's just going through and illustrating things. But I'm going to say he's got that power just on tap. The bleeding woman touched his cloak without him knowing know about it. it at, right. At That's a great point. And she was healed. So it wasn't like, be healed, you know, no, kind of a thing. That's right. It was she was just knew that touching him. And, and, and in, in the gospel it says... Jesus knew because some power went out, out of him. Right. Out of so he did. Well, and, and not only that, but, but there's yeah. no one of faith there because the disciples, when he says, he, he basically, he's walking along, he stops, 
Who touched me? Who touched me? The power left. I know someone. Somebody touched me. And, and, and they're walking in a crowd. Everybody's bumping and jostling. Yeah, she's walking and in Mardi Gras. Yeah, and the disciples are like, uh, yeah, sure. Jesus, somebody touched you or during that. <laughs> and that's when he makes the comment about, no, the power left me. That's a good but, point. But you made, you made an interesting point there, though, because Jesus' miracles always have a point to something. Yeah. And this, this, this happens, you can, you can look at this as saying you have the, the, the disciples out there all night, you know, and it's all crummy night. They, I mean, they're just throwing the net overboard and, and, and nothing's coming up. And yet, when the Lord guides them, Mm-hmm. There is this enormous harvest. There is abundance. It's kind of tied even to the, to the um, not just the loaves and fishes story, but the the wine, water into wine, which is at the beginning of this gospel. Uh, so we have this where 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 this will portend for the ministry these apostles will do will be when they as you know they follow Jesus, the harvest will be. Abundant, and that's maybe the lesson for them. Don't worry about you know going out on your own. Um, follow the Lord, and and maybe very you know they you may that. think it's crazy. I mean, what we've been fishing all night, throw our you know, and and that they but they go ahead and do it anyway. Um, whether it's what the heck, but they 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 listen to the Lord. And the abund- they, they find the abundance. But see, that's, that's the thing about man. Being yeah. a man, sometimes <laughs> you have to do what the heck. You know, I've tried everything. I've thought this out logically yeah, and nothing. Just, they're just not working. Exactly. Nothing have, has worked. So whatever, I'm up mm-hmm. for anything at this point. Right. You know, and so why not? Let's throw them on the other side. Now, see, there's some of that conversation they were having on shore. All right, Jesus, you got to teach me that trick. Because we slaved all night long, and you said, right side, how do I do that? And and he said, what did we do wrong, right? And he says, you didn't do anything wrong. The Lord made you wait till I could show you my power. Crazy Ivan, that means throw the net over to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything requires a little bit of act from all mm-hmm. for all the miracles, right, guys? Uh, whether it's throwing the net to the other side or the the blind mm-hmm. man where he put mud on his eyes and said, "Go wash." Even in the Old Testament, actually, my favorite one of that is when he spits and makes the mud, and he wipes it on. And how do you say, "Oh, I see sticks"? Now, and he does it again. <laughs> Talk about unsanitary. But the same thing happened in the Old Testament when uh, when Elijah the prophet told Naaman go wash in the River Jordan seven yeah. times, seven right? Times, yeah. And he told his servant on the top of Mount Carmel, go look and see if you see any clouds in the distance. I think that was seven times as well. And they went around the city of uh, Jericho. Jericho, seven, seven times. times. So God requires some act, and Jesus said it's an act of faith on your part, no matter how small it is. Before you receive the miracle, before I, you receive that I, anointing, I whatever it is. Faith is such a component, and, it, and it's the James faith that that works is dead. And you know, show me your faith. That's fine. I'll show you my works. Chicken or egg. You know, I think our faith gives us the works. You know, well, it gives us the impetus, the, yes. the motivation to do the works. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it gives us the joy. The, this is the joy. Again, from it. we go we go back to uh, to John that the upper room discourse, sixteen twenty two. You will be you will grieve, but then you'll see me again and rejoice. I'm paraphrasing. Right. Um, maybe I'm not. I'm looking at. I will see you. You. I will yeah. see you again. <laughs> I will see you again. You will rejoice. Um, and so yes, that that rejoicing, the that, that being, that it is now kingdom work. It is not doing it simply because an obligation, right? But that you're doing it as as an outward expression of your faith. You're 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 advancing the kingdom, yeah. like the. And then I was going to tie it back to feeding the sheep. If you love me, and and that's really the command here. This is kind of a. A, a dram- dramatization of the Great Commission that you mm-hmm. see at Matthew 28, where he simply says, "Go make 
you know, make disciples of all men. And here he just says, you know, get out there, feed my sheep. You see, well, you know, so he's not, and, 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 what, and he's not saying, you know, go and establish the order, whatever. Just go and feed my sheep. Feed, bring people, not just, not just physically, but spiritually as well, and bring them to God. Bring them to me. And oh, I, I'm going to go with a, date myself a little bit with a Nixon, only Nixon <laughs> could go to China moment. It's Peter who gets restored to lead. Peter, the one who failed <laughs> miserably Thursday night at the Last Supper because right. what was his declaration? I am with you, Lord, to the end. I will go. I will die with you. I am here. You know, he gets as far as cutting one guy's ear off. Jesus said, ah, Peter, stop it, sort of. Jesus heals the guy. Peter kind of hides in the shadows, following along, and then gets asked by three different people, the last one is a little servant girl, who he basically curses out, you know, right. words that we can't use in the Bible, what kind of words, right. you know, no, no, I don't know the man, you know, expletive, 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 I don't know him, expletive, expletive, <laughs> kind of thing. And is that from the message? Yes, it is. <laughs> but, but... He's the one that gets restored. The one who had the utter failure. I think part of the great work of Christ is using those who you least suspect it. Peter, the one that denies it. A bunch of fishermen up in I, I've got a Galilee. Along those lines. And then Paul, who... <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a question yeah. along those lines because it is brought up here and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. What happens to Peter if he does not have this restoration moment? I don't know. I don't think he has the confidence to do what he had to do. Well, that, I mean, that, he's not going to have the confidence to die for, well, for or Jesus. For, he's for the one that preaches the sermon that we did back, I'd have to look at the podcast number, but Back that, when we that, back when we did yes. going viral, yes. mm -hmm. going in Acts, he's the one that preached the sermon where five thousand people were converted in one day. Well, <laughs> I know we you. celebrate when one person joins the church. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Pastor Taylor preaching and two thousand people come down to be baptized mm -hmm. on a Sunday? That was Peter's sermon. Our church doesn't hold that many. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you think of an invitation? He might have been restored, but it would have been, wouldn't have been a complete restoration. And instead of, he might have been a part of the church, but he wouldn't have been the leader right. of the mm -hmm. church. So he would have been in the pack, but not leading the pack. And, and, I'll ask. I'll throw this out. Did you need a Peter to be the leader? Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's his character. Time. That's his character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need, need that fiery, get out there and get it done personality. And I think in each of our lives, there's certain things that that we are fired up about. You know, and and it's and it's part of being a man. Whether you know, as as you lead your your family your community, your church, your circle of influence, whether it's your customers or whatever, there's certain, there's certain things that you're fired up about, and, and you certainly should be. And those are the ones that you, that you take the lead, that, that you take the lead on. And I think this was Peter's destiny. I, I've been, the, the question comes out of a, the study I've been reading alongside this lesson. It's, it's, it's by, uh, it's called, it's the NIV, New International Version Application Commentary. It's by Dr. Gary Burge, who teaches at Wheaton in Wheaton College in Illinois. I knew him, we, he had, we attended the same church when I lived up in Chicago. Uh, and we were in the Christian education then, um, so I was really happy to see he's, he's written the book. So if he's listening, hi, hello, Dr. Burge. Uh, but he says two things could have happened to Peter, assuming he stayed as a witness to Christ. And he applied it to some of the brokenness we find in the church when people do not go completely to the Lord for healing. And he, and he, he thought there would be two paths. One would be zealous overcompensation. Uh, the, the idea that he's always 
going to have to be doing penance for this, an unending penance mm -hmm. that never makes up for his failure. And it, and it takes the form, it says, spiritual discipline becomes spiritual regimen. And again, there's no rejoicing heart. It's a judgmental mm -hmm. uh, overzealousness to compensate. The other is kind of the other side of the same coin, total guilt and despair, uh, depression, fear of failing again. We, cut, we touched on that a moment ago. This rather not being humble before the cross, which we are called to be, but uh, erasing yourself. And God still sees value in you. That's why he saved you. Um, you're, but, and, and, then, and that kind of, that total depression aspect comes from it. And he said, and, and Burge says there are people in a church like that, and, and the lesson here is that you go to the Lord for this restoration, and again, you become rejoicing in your faith. Your faith, uh, be, uh, the, the grief goes away, the, the, our grief turns to rejoicing. You know? Well, how many people, though, do you know that mess up, whether in church or in family life, and... And then they come back, and they're never restored. They're, mm -hmm. they're, and it, it could be that they were given the opportunity by their spouse or their church, but they never feel worthy. So they're the ones that hold themselves down. I've seen instances where that occurs, Bill, like you say, but it's usual because somebody strayed and went back to drinking or, or smoking or something that drug them down. And so they right. went and returned to the Lord and recommitted their lives to the Lord, and then they went back to whatever drug them down. So right. I don't know that it really happens that I have seen where they just fall out of, they come back to the Lord and dedicate, rededicate themselves and then walk away from it again. They almost have to walk away from it because... There is a joy in rededicating yourself to follow the Lord and asking for restoration and then attempting to do that, but you have to continue on that path, and he has to help you because it's impossible to do it by ourselves without his help. Well, we're coming down to the end of podcast number 102, and I hope you've enjoyed the study although we are going to come back and pick up a couple lessons that we did skip but this is we did go through the Easter season and hope that you had the opportunity to be a part of that and to let a, that affect your life and reflect on that so we're going to go around the uh, the room one more time have some fellas Give us some takeaways from this, and I'm going to start with the, the judge, Michael Cropper. Yes, I mentioned uh, for a short time earlier, folks, uh, if you read this along with us, if you haven't read it with us but you just listened, do read John 21. Um, this is the story of my life. Uh, I have to come to the Lord daily, and I have to ask Him for forgiveness, and I ask him, have to ask Him to restore me. Uh, because of the sin in my life that I do sometimes. And uh, so this, I, I can identify with this this set of scriptures. And, and how does it apply to us today? Folks, Jesus will restore you if you ask him to forgive your sins and you ask him generally to restore you to whatever position he had you before. Or he'll give you a new position that's even better, as he did Peter. And, uh, and, and, and uh, so anyway, that's my takeaway. Excellent. Deacon Kyle. <clears throat> you know, um, I think the, the restored Peter, after his three-time question there, do you love me, um, and his redemption in that, I can just see the relief on his face afterwards. When he finally gets it, I'm sure he's sitting there stumped for a minute when you know Jesus basically tells him, you're going to die for me, you know, and all of that as well. But... You know, after you have time to process, you know, and sit alone for a moment, and maybe you're sitting off after everybody's, or Jesus talking to somebody else, and you're chewing your fish there and thinking about what he said. That I'm back. Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the thing about it is with me, um, when I look at this, uh, I, I look at, take it 
of course, in a little different uh, point of view. It convicts me on how many people that I do not allow to be restored. You know, that I, I, may, I may forgive, but I won't forget. I shouldn't do that. And this kind of lesson kind of convicts me of that. And makes me makes me think deeper about about my own actions. So, uh, Professor, your takeaways. It's all about restoration and then service after that. Jesus restores Peter, and Peter goes on to greatness because he was restored, and he performed service because of that. And I think the true lesson here for us, like you even said, though, it's. A, to allow people to be restored, and then for us to accept God's forgiveness instead of beating ourselves up. Because, you know, there are times we'll beat ourselves up. Pretty horrible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Steve Titch. God won't reject you. Um, And to your point, Robert, I I think this hung heavy with Peter. He didn't talk about it much. But this was, this was a massive failure on his part. Um, we can sit here and judge him for oh, it. I would agree with that. God, you know, yeah, Jesus yeah. didn't judge him for that. He, he did not. And again, we've talked about this so many times. The Lord wants relationship. He, he wants, he, he, he will give you that restoration because he has created you for relationship with him. And uh, this is... Number one case in point, it's, it's a living version of the prodigal son story. He, uh, the, uh, the prodigal son is restored. Whatever has happened is forgiven and forgotten. Uh, and we, we, in this story, we know the outcome. We know that it, it, uh, Peter um, receives the Holy Spirit and becomes the leader of the church, early yeah. church. Just like we want you to lead your church. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 102. We invite each and every one of you to get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. So you'll participate. Get involved in an adult Bible fellowship and get in a men's only group. And if there isn't one, start one. You've been listening to No Church Answers the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content.